0: Welcome back to another edition of the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Football and Recruiting Podcast, which is now presented by our friends at Manscaped. Join me, Ryan, and 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. We have an exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free shipping with the code 20PSU. That's 20PSU at manscaped.com. We look forward to telling you more about them later in the show. But we have a lot to get to on this edition, Ryan. It's Penn State-Iowa Week, so no visitors at Beaver Stadium, of course, but all eyes on Kinnick Stadium ahead of a top-five show down there on Saturday. But we have a lot of Penn State recruiting news to get to on this episode. First, how is Penn State-Iowa Week treating you so far, and how much are you looking forward to game day on Saturday?
1: I wish I was going. I'm a little jealous, man, that these these big games are – I don't – you know, I, I don't, I don't need to travel for all of them, uh, but right. uh, these big ones are, are the fun ones. So I'm happy you and uh, Nate get to going out there. Uh, I'm going to see a couple games. We'll talk about that anyway. So I'm going to have a busy uh, Friday and Saturday as it is, but uh, should be a good one, man. This is, this is the one we kind of had circled anyway to, to start the year. And, and yep. even, you know, for me, I was thinking to be an eight and four, nine and three kind of season. And now it's looking like it can be so much more. So they got to get this one. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens but I was I was beatable in my eyes um, you know we, we've been talking about all week they're, they're just feasting off a of turnovers. so if Penn State can play a smart game, I expect it to be probably probably somewhat low scoring but uh, should should go down to the wire like so many of these have in the past.
0: Well, you can hear more about Penn State, Iowa, at all on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash You can also find us wherever you get podcasts for insight from T. Frank, Nate Bauer, David Eckert, Ryan, and I, and the rest of the gang as we get ready for that. But let's get into the recruiting news of the weekend, Ryan. It was yet another game day with a Penn State commitment. Omari Evans, the 2022 receiver from Texas, has joined Penn State's latest recruiting class. And... This was not an on-field commitment, as we saw with the 2023 guys the two weeks prior. Armari committed, well, I guess maybe a few hours before kickoff it was, ultimately. And this is a guy who came to Penn State, didn't have an offer really before, what, five months ago, four months ago? I don't even know if it was that long uh, in the past. Dude. But he impressed Penn State, and now he finds his way into this class.
1: Yeah, it was really, he was picking up uh I don't know, picking up speed, uh, picking up momentum, I guess, on the recruiting trail uh, throughout june and and Penn State really wanted to get him on campus and, and they were able to do that at the end of june. and i've I've talked about this a, a ton, but you know getting him up for that workout. and it it's so important this year about how how those individual workouts that that twenty twenty two prospects, we're able to do on unofficial visits. And and I've talked to a, a lot of people about this and I, I know Penn State coaches and I'm sure a lot of others would love to see that continued because uh, if he's not able to make it for a camp uh, earlier in, in the summer, th- there's a good chance he's not part of this class so that that workout uh, him able to do that, which was just a one year thing this year. Uh, is is really the whole reason Penn State was kind of able to get him or at least get the ball moving. Uh so I'll be curious just with that rule if it's able to continue uh if I'm sure if we look uh, back at some some other 2022 guys they they may have had a, a they may have helped them as well, but this is this is the one that I can really focus in on and say uh yeah, this guy probably isn't part of this class if that rule change doesn't happen this year. So he comes up, has a private workout, it was only about an hour I believe that they were allowed to do uh, because of that, the, the way the rule was written, uh, but, you know, runs the 4 3 runs the 4-2 shuttle, and, you know, those are the numbers that we've talked about a ton, and rightly so. I mean, he's, he's already the, he's the fastest guy in this class, and this class has plenty of speed, as, as Penn State fans already know. But uh, I think getting him on board, a big reason for that, at least, uh, was, was winning over Mom. You know, I was able to have a good talk with mom a couple hours before he decided, and she was honest about it, and and pretty much said that from, you know, in the beginning she wasn't really in Penn State's corner. Uh, I think really in the end, uh, Penn State's relationships, which of course are so important, uh, Mike Yurchich, Taylor Stubblefield, James Franklin, they they won mom over, and that's and that's why he is, uh, you know, planning to to sign with the Nittany Lions in December looking back at the official visit, the, the Morgan academic center and how much focus Penn state put into that. I think that really helped mom as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, also it's, it should also be noted that Penn state's just a, a premier program and, and, comparing it to Rutgers and Vanderbilt, that they are on a different level. And I think that's what kind of won Omari over. And then when mom was able to, you know, get to know the staff better and, and see some of the facilities here, you know, academically and, and, you know, Everything from the dorms, to the town, uh, that won her over as well. And one other thing I want to add that mom that mom brought up, and and we had a story on the site. If you look up Omar, you'll, you'll be able to read this as well, uh, which is free for everybody, by the way. We make all our commitment stories free. But the one thing I think she really um, liked was they were up for the Auburn game, and she's you know she talked about she's a Southern girl and how uh, how much how well Penn state treated Penn state fans treated Auburn, at least in her interactions from what she saw. Uh, cause she, you know, she was a little, uh, I don't know to say worried, but just curious to see how, mm-hmm. how that interaction would go down. And, you know, she was talking about being at college game day and, you know, how much fun Penn state fans were having with Auburn fans. And, uh, and I think the quote was, you know, this is, this is a really good thing. She, she, she really, um, you know, just just took in that moment, and I think I think the fan base kind of won her over. Of course, the atmosphere and all that stuff in the game is, is big, and I think that impacts Omari more than mom. But just the hos- hospitality, I think that she saw uh, from Penn State fans, the Auburn fans. I think that that played a big part with mom as well. But yeah, it's a, it's a big pickup, man. Uh, of course, how many wide receivers now <laughs> potentially? It's like five, four six. and uh, six,
0: four and six. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a deep wide receiver class, but. You know, you and I hit on this last week in, in our roundtable about, you know, of course, I, I expect Jahan to be gone. Cam Sullivan Brown will be gone. And then you have a you have a couple others who just haven't maybe um, proven themselves on the field. So if a couple of those guys transfer out. You're looking at uh, potentially six scholarship guys. Uh, you know, of course, uh, Lambert Smith and, and Parker Washington, they, they've proven themselves. But, you know, the other four haven't really yet. Uh, right. So I think that's why, you know, Penn State, Penn State wants to take a bigger wide receiver class this year. And, and even the way we projected, it would still be 10 wide receivers next year, which um, I don't think that's like abnormally large or anything. No, I think if you it cross other rosters, you know, uh, somewhere between eight, nine, 10, 11, that, that's that's kind of what you see. So it's it's a, it's a look a lot of speed in this class. Uh, you have a you have an established. Uh, playmaker and Caden Saunders who's very good fundamentally, and Omari's playing quarterback right now, so we can only kind of get so much out of his film. Right, but right. Uh, he's a, he's a playmaker, man. He makes it on special teams. He, he makes plays with his feet uh, in the offense. Those highlights we just showed were just his game this past week, which was which was um, well definitely his best game of the season. And mom, and mom was saying maybe one of the best games of his career. Uh, over 200 yards rushing, 100 yards passing. I think it was five touchdowns total. Uh, so he he's just you know he he reads. Uh, You know, reads defenders wells, know how to make his moves. And uh, once you get him in open field, you you can't touch him.
0: Yeah, a couple of thoughts on that. Number one, you've seen over the last few weeks with Tyler Warren that, Penn State's going to find a way to use guys who are high school quarterbacks at different positions and find ways to use them that maybe mimic how they were used in high school. So I think that's important to note. Omari Evans, as you mentioned, one of the faster players in this Penn State class of 2022, which is, of course, huge and getting close to finalization, still a couple of spots left. But yeah, I mean, when I look at this pickup, Ryan, I think obviously there's two things that people have asked me since. Number one, how come the Texas schools didn't play more of a role here? Let's keep in mind he does have roots in Ohio, so it's not like he is completely foreign to what the North and Northeast is like. So I think that's one thing to mention, but the other thing is, is that you can't always just assume that every texas school is going to have room for every kid in the longhorn state there's just too many prospects down there and they're going to recruit nationally as well they don't just recruit texas so sometimes you're going to get guys with finalists that don't include any texas schools or in this particular case i guess outside of vanderbilt any southern schools at all so that's what penn state's done a nice job of lately yeah
1: yeah, I mean, Baylor and Houston were pushing to get him on campus. So, I mean, there were Texas schools showing interest. It's just I think everybody focuses on the big two and, and A&M in Texas. And, uh, you know, obviously right. those schools are trying to, to recruit nationally. But uh, he did visit Houston. And I, I know he visited Houston. I, I don't remember if he visited Baylor back in the summer. But uh, but both of those schools were trying to get him on campus for unofficial visits during the season. Uh, And in the end, I think he just kind of had established relationships enough with Penn State and Rutgers where he decided not to. But uh, it's just the the mindset that Texas schools weren't interested. I don't know if that's completely true. Uh, It's just people are always so focused on those those main two and, and they kind of look past the other ones.
0: So you have Caden Saunders, definitely a wide receiver. Tyler Johnson, same thing. Omari Evans, same thing. And Anthony Ivey, same thing. So that's your four there that were definitely wide receivers in this class. And then we see where Makai Flowers and Christian Driver end up. Are they safeties? Or are they receivers? Is one on offense, one on defense? Time will tell. We'll have to wait and see how that all For plays sure. out. But, yeah, it gets a little bit, I think, if you go look at the roundtable that we posted at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com last Thursday, you know, you'll see that, when you actually type out where Penn State could be scholarship receiver-wise in two years, it's, I don't want to say concerning because that's not the correct word, but it's probably not as deep as people realize. Again, you're almost certainly out uh, Jahan Dotson and Cam Sullivan-Brown this year. Uh, Keiondre Lambert-Smith, Parker Washington, there's no guarantee that after the 2021 season, those guys return. You have Daniel George and Norval Black, who will be the two older receivers, we assume, on this roster next year. And to your point, they haven't necessarily shown enough to move into any kind of major role in 2021 or beyond you know Jaden Dott and Malik Mega I think were both guys that most assumed would need some time to get ready for game day and we've seen Harrison Wallace play a bit so obviously maybe he's slightly ahead of them as a freshman Liam Clifford is in the conversation as well but yeah it's a good class to stock up on receivers especially because and you've mentioned this before I think in one of your mailbags but it's not like 2023 is just loaded with surefire guys that Penn State will get at receivers. So ultimately you have to strike when the iron's hot and Penn State has.
1: And yeah, I mean, when I look at 2023, I think uh, Johnny Shakir is realistic I think Rodney Gallagher is realistic, but then you have the whole basketball element with Rodney Gallagher. And, you know, yep. right now he's saying he's definitely going to play both, but you got to keep that in mind, you know, whenever a top prospect's pulling in awesome division one offers it to be a point guard. Uh, that's, you know, we've seen this with Lonnie white, you know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta keep that in mind. So yeah, it's, it, and look, there's, there's other wide receivers too uh, nationally who will, will come into the, in the mix. But again, those guys are in Florida, North Carolina, you know, that's not Penn state's, uh, you know bread and butter states i guess you could say with recruiting so it's it's it makes sense the more, the more you look at the landscape and and the more you realize that how, how important of course speed is i mean that's something Penn State's really prioritized uh with wide receivers and um you know they, I, I think one other thing they they're also going to need and we can maybe hit on this in a second with a player they just offered but you know they're they're going to also need guys who can uh you know really uh high point balls and, and make big plays uh, and that's kind of what uh i'm seeing in a, in a receiver who they just offered
0: if you want to get into that yeah, between the Rodney Gallagher mention and that, you have nicely transitioned us into the second <laughs> segment of this Blue White Illustrated Penn State Football and Recruiting Podcast. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. You can read the two of us, Nate Bauer, Ryan Eckert, Thomas Frank yeah, Nate Bauer, David Eckert, Ryan Eckert. Riot, Thomas Frank Carr, and more. BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Join us inside the Lions Den Premium Forum for more. Penn State football and recruiting news, and visit us bluewhiteillustrated.com. Okay, so let's move on to the Indiana visitor list. This was a nice group for a primetime game. And, you know, I think some folks maybe wondered, well, why wasn't it more star-studded? Keep in mind, there were so many guys that came for the Auburn game that they're not going to necessarily just turn around and come right back. To campus, some guys did though, and let's start with, I guess, the offer that you've teased. Penn State moves on yeah. the twenty twenty three Pennsylvania receiver, and I'm not one hundred percent sure if you had a chance to catch up with him yet. But either way, uh, this is a guy fans should get to know, and we'll be able to get to know uh, here in the future.
1: Yeah, Kenny Johnson, six foot one eighty five from Dallas Town. Um, he's right, he's right between six foot six one and. Good player. Uh, we, he and I have just been playing phone tag for the last two days, so I will get him here at some point. But uh, just just so he came in the summer, had a, had a good workout. Uh, he ran a four seven, which I think um, you know Penn State fans would be like, Ugh, you know, four seven. When, when we're talking about four threes with with Amari sure. Evans, but uh, you know, I, I've, I've talked to some people. They think he's a little bit faster than than what he ran that day. And and even if he's not, though, that, that's not a bad number. I think I think people always think four seven and beyond that's like not acceptable but you know the way penn state recruits guys you know if they always feel like uh, a player so if player comes as a sophomore runs a four seven they always feel like they can they can improve a tenth pretty much right. every year from here on out so penn state kind of projects him more as like a four six and um maybe a high end four five guy if he can continue improving on the speed which isn't bad at all but, but really, that's not really his strength from what we're seeing on film. And what is his strength, of course, is kind of what I mentioned, is he has excellent body control when he goes up and, and makes plays. And if you just pull up his film, I wish I would have cut it here. Actually, no, I'm thinking about it. But uh, he, he just, you know, he, he really just... Shields off defenders. Well, always catching the ball at its highest point. And, uh, he's making big plays for Dallas town. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to going to see him. Uh, he's playing Bo Prebula here. And I believe, uh, two weeks, maybe three weeks max. I think it's two weeks. Uh, so I'll get a, I'll get a better feel for Kenny then, but this was a, this was a guy we knew Penn state was watching pretty hard. I talked to some people on the message board about this last week. Uh, I didn't, I didn't actually know if an offer was coming, uh, right now. Uh, but, but it, but it did. And, um I think, uh, Penn State should have a, a real foot in the door here. Uh, he does have Temple in Toledo still, uh, but his film is really starting to to get, get out, out there more. Uh, yeah. more school, yeah, just from talking to people, I, I think a lot of schools are, are watching him closely at the moment. Um, Let State me ask you a
0: question before we get too much further in this conversation, but I think yeah. this brings up an interesting kind of diversion point. But how different is 2023 recruiting and even 2024, I guess, going to be different now that – Everyone's back playing. Film is going to be more readily available. You know, there are still, unfortunately, some teams, especially here in PA, who are getting, uh, having a hard time scheduling games because of COVID shutdowns. But there are, of course, far, far fewer this year than last. So do you think things are going to normalize in that regard in terms of film getting out there at this midseason point for high schools and offers going out accordingly? Or are most of those offers already out there because so many guys came to campus once they finally could again in June?
1: I think I mean for Penn State being uh, a major FBS program uh, it's somewhat pretty normal I think uh, we've seen already I think it's well if you look if you go back to the end of September the last week or two I mean, they've handed out about a dozen offers over the past week, and that's what you normally see uh, this time of the year. You know, they 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 wait to get three, four, or five games of film, and if they like what they see enough, then they, you know they'll they'll make a move. What well, what I think will be a little bit different is maybe for those smaller Division One schools who uh, you know don't have the the recruiting resources to get out there and find guys. I, I could see uh, a lot more of those uh, you know one double A kind of guys or the low end FBS guys. Uh, that's where I think you you may see a flurry of more offers. Uh, this time of the year, just just because of resources, man. I mean, Penn State has so much. You know, the recruiting staff is way bigger than a, a Toledo or an Akron, for example. You know, so uh, to me, it's it's those um, you know the I don't want to say second tier, but those those guys who will play at the lower end of the FBS level. That's mm-hmm. that's where I think you'll see a lot of uh, a lot of them kind of pick up offers in the months ahead. But uh, I mean, for Penn State, this is what we normally see. We see uh probably about anywhere between 15 and 20 offers go out you know usually in october we've already seen six i believe uh just in the first couple of days so maybe uh, you know when the month is over we'll we'll see more go out but uh you know they're able to get out on the road now too and and, and really meet with coaches and and you know get the what's james always say you want to meet the, janitor,
0: the, and the, the, the janitor and the lunch yeah it's all yep all the above yeah. you got it
1: uh, and that, that stuff is important so um for Penn State, I don't think it's too much different, but like I said, those those smaller schools, the Temples, the Toledos, um, those are the schools that uh, I think you'll see a ton of offers go out to, to really those those guys who, they, you know, Penn State will probably have them come and work out next summer, but uh, yep. Penn, they, they've already offered like 200 kids in this class almost, so they, they have a good
0: idea on who they're pursuing. Uh Kenny Johnson, one of the many players who visited for Penn State, Indiana. Let's roll into just some of the names to know now. A trio from mm-hmm. Western Pennsylvania was on campus. You've mentioned one of their names already. Uh, some IMG Academy mm-hmm. representation as well. Again, it was not a packed sideline like we saw for Auburn, but it was still pretty full down there. I mean, there were a lot of guys who mm-hmm. made the trip up with their family for this game and got to see the stripe out and everything else that uh, came with it.
1: Yeah, well, of course, uh, I mentioned Rodney Gallagher, and that's a big one. And then Tamir Tamir Robinson was the surprise. You know, Greg, there's always like a surprise or two for us, you know, when we're down there trying to get photos, and uh, I remember seeing L- yeah, Tamir. Yeah, the way that that works and
0: he is it, yeah, the way that works is it, Ryan and I are... One. Standing there behind the Penn State sideline and you see this guy and you're thinking to yourself, I hope my camera works well enough to get a good shot of this. And between the two of us, (laughs) we usually do. But yeah, those are always fun when you see a guy and you're thinking, "Hmm, I didn't think he was supposed to be here. And then we, well, at least I have that moment of trying to load the, the forum, the Lions Den forum, on my phone to check against your visitor list. And yeah, as everyone listening knows, it has been at Beaver stadium this year. Good luck with that. So at any rate, yeah, a good, a, a good guy to have back on campus. If you're Penn state.
1: Huge man. I mean, this is his fourth visit since June. He's the top player in Pennsylvania for a reason. He's, I think he's Penn state's top linebacker prospect. Although I will add another one, Phil. Hey, I learned how to pronounce his last name. Pick. Picciotti, I believe. We're rolling. i probably just mess that up again. Picotti. We'll say Picotti. I think that's what it is. I've been butchering it for a month now, so sorry <laughs> about that, Phil. I think it uh, should but-
0: be required that every huddle highlight has to have at least one play where the kid's name's announced by the PA guy or girl, just so we can get that – we can hear that each week uh, when you're cutting It film. would help.
1: Yeah, it would help. But uh, – my point there with Phil, though, it's just that I think he's pretty high on Penn State's board too. And you know, when we were when we were looking at it in the summer, and you see Josiah Trotter, you see Samaj Bridgman, you kind of thought, uh, you know, that Picati was in a, in maybe that second tier. I don't think that's the case at all. I think he is right up there with the rest of those guys. I was still, you know, like I said, probably put Tamir Robinson at that top spot, but he is. I guess I think absolutely top three, four somewhere in that ballpark. So it was good to get him back on campus. He's someone that I don't want to say his own commit watch right now. I don't think he's in a rush, but, uh, November, you know, before before the end of the year, I think it's possible. I think it's possible later this month, maybe even too. But we'll see what happens. Uh, just a couple other guys I want to get into though. Khalil Ali uh, from Penn State and was back. I mean, he's he and Johnny Shakir. We've talked about them a bit lately. Uh, they they are playing well this season. Penn State wanted to see their film and everything that I've gathered so far is they're very happy with the, what they've seen from these guys. Uh, Khalil, I did do an interview with on Sunday, and he, I mean, he said that he's thinking about maybe making a commitment. Uh, sooner than later. He didn't really give any timelines for that. Uh, he, did, he did say, like, won't be this week or anything, but uh, it's very clear that he wants to end up at Penn State, I think. So, as long as Penn State's ready to make that move, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually was on board, maybe even towards the end of the month or, uh, you know, just. I'll say safely. Sometime this fall, we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, getting Samaj Bridgman and Marcus Dixon back—two uh, two important prospects for Penn State. They are kind of watching their film right now to to get a better feel for kind of where they rank on the board. But those guys are, um, you know, they're, they're top prospects for a reason. So it's good to have them here. Uh, Christian Garrett uh, from from dude. Christian Garrett flew all the way to California, yeah. flew all the way back, and then somehow still had the energy to come what is that like a three-hour drive up from it's not short that's for
0: sure yeah
1: yeah he's he's not from baltimore he's from dc too so from dc to to penn state and back uh Dude, salute to Christian Garrett because I would not have been doing that myself uh, if I had to fly across the country uh, twice in the span of a couple of days. So uh, good to get him here. I've actually interviewed him just a little bit ago. We will have a story up on him uh, in the near future. And another guy I just interviewed, Jordan Hall uh, from IMG Academy. Of course, he's from Virginia. Mm-hmm. He was up here in the summer. Uh, important to get him back. Uh, IMG has two bye weeks, uh, last week and then this upcoming week, I believe. Say he's going to Virginia Tech. He's going somewhere this week. Uh, So we'll see uh, where that plays out. And then one other IMG guy I definitely want to hit on is Cam Lenhart. Uh, Again, they have a bye week. So he was able to fly home to Staten Island, come back down for the Penn State game. And now I believe he's back down at IMG, as most of those guys. I I believe they're back down there now. But. Look, came up for the Auburn game, that's not an easy trip to make. And then to make that same trip again uh, two weeks later uh, says a lot to me. And I, I think he's the guy that Penn State's leading for right now and, and someone that uh, – I don't know if he's going to make an early commitment. I could see him taking some other visits. Uh, but uh, remember the name, and, and Penn State really likes him too. So good, good, good overall week, I think. Um, like I said, I think it was – Right around 20 scholarship guys, if you include the, the handful of commitments who were there. Uh, Jordan Seaton, some some younger guys, too, I'll rattle off quick. Uh, uh, Kyle Altooner, I believe, from, from uh, Good Counsel. Close. Anthony Speca uh, from from Pittsburgh Central Catholic. He was up in the summer, and Speca originally wasn't planning to be here until the Michigan game, so it was good to have him move up a visit and get here. And then Ernest Willer is someone they just offered last week from St. Paul's, uh, which is, uh, I think, a little bit north of uh, Baltimore I believe uh he was a good looking prospect I've never really seen him before but uh, physically he looked pretty impressive and then one 2025 guy I want to mention is Gideon Davidson uh he he got an offer from Penn State I believe it was back in August uh so this was his first I think true visit he's really taken anywhere um from Lynchburg, Virginia long way to go with him uh, but he kind of I've had someone kind of compare him to Nick Nick Singleton for me we'll, we'll see I haven't watched a ton of film on him yet but that was a. Uh, uh, an easy comparison, I guess. It's a high bar to
0: shoot for, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah right.
1: Yeah right. So, uh, yeah, it's a good visit, man, uh, or a good visit weekend. Uh, whenever you're able to get, uh, what was it, you know, 15, 16 uncommitted guys and 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 many I mean, uncommitted scholarship guys, uh, many of whom were just here for the Auburn game. I think it speaks really highly to you know Penn State's product right now. Obviously, the Beaver Stadium atmosphere and, and having a night game that kind of played part in it. But uh, whenever you're able to get guys back up. Uh, Twice in, in two weeks, especially some really important guys like Tamir Robinson, uh, Picotti, uh, who am I missing? Ronnie Gallagher, of course. Yep. Uh, th- those are guys that Penn State has. And to Lamont play. Payne I mean, James- was
0: a part of that Western PA group as well, of course.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I, I, I missed on the committed guys. I always do. You know
0: how that commit, goes. Man. Once they commit, man, it's yeah, <laughs> on to the next one. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Well, guys, it's time for a little bit of a public service announcement, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take this on to to talk to you guys about our new presenting sponsor manscaped which uh we're really excited about uh we're finally moving up in the world right so so to get a get a sponsor is a big deal but uh specifically you know just talking about the lawnmower 4.0 which is available now uh, what makes this trimmer different from all the other trimmers you ask? Well, it's a multifunction on and off switch includes a travel lock, which is nice because uh, I learned firsthand when I was flying to Denver this year, that, that uh, was pretty annoying. <laughs> not, not for this, of course, but for my other razor. Uh, and it there also are no other razors now. Spotlight. It's just manscape. Nope. Nope. All about this one. Now we, we, we I love it, but uh, you know, I can, I I'll save you guys the details on this one, but uh, 4k led spotlight, uh, you know, for for your more precise trimming needs, and of course, additional guard lengths to allow you to customize your trim. But the uh, the lawnmower 4.0 has a sleek look, waterproof, and charges wirelessly, which I like. I used that the other day. Uh, but uh, join Greg and I, and, and, and get ready for prime time, just like the Knitley Lions heading to Iowa this weekend with Manscape. Uh, you can get 20% off and, and free shipping with code 20PSU at Manscape.com. Uh, that's 20% off with free shipping at Manscape.com. Use Use code 20 as in 20 PSU. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped.
0: Nicely done. Thank you to Manscaped for being the sponsor of the Penn State Football and Recruiting Podcast from Blue White Illustrated. You can always re- get a replay of the show. Check us out, blue, bluewhiteillustrated.com, youtube.com slash bluewhiteillustrated. We're not done yet, of course. We have some new offers to talk about. So Kenny Johnson the guy we covered already, so we're not going to go crazy in-depth on him. But there was a 2024 quarterback that Monday morning the Lions and Mike Yers extended an offer to, and I think he's somebody Penn State fans should be aware of.
1: Yeah, Michael Van Buren, uh, St. Francis, 2024 prospect. Dude, his first start, okay, national television against De La Salle in California, right? 16 for 19, 235 yards and four scores. I mean talk about stage right this this guy's got ice in his veins I mean that that yep. was that was a really impressive showing I, I didn't stay up and watch the entire thing it was getting late of course for us on the East Coast but I did watch a little bit uh, more uh, Saturday morning and he he's the real deal and, and Penn State already kind of knew that they had him up for the Villanova game the week prior so there was already a, a bit of a relationship forming uh, but then to, to see that game uh, I think that that kind of made it it was
0: time purchase. to get on board yes
1: yeah exactly so maryland was actually the first school to offer here not Playton's true back in the summertime. oh oh boston college boston college right. Yep. i'm wrong boston college was that's right that's right i was thank you for correcting me on that boston college was the first school to offer maryland uh was the second and then um was it Michigan offered the other day? Right, yes, right Penn State and, State and
0: Michigan, game. yeah, kind of right in tandem. And it's always funny when you see that happen because those two schools tend yeah, right. to be kind of tied together in these in- underclassmen mm-hmm. offer instances. And you will never get me to believe otherwise that the fact that Josh <laughs> Gaddis is out there has nothing to do with that. But
1: Yeah. But uh, he also visited Maryland, NC State, Rutgers this summer. And, of course, like I said, he was uh, back for the Villanova game. Uh, Greg, I believe you caught up with him yep. last night. Anything you can kind of share on it? I have Yeah,
0: so that. you mentioned about a guy being ready for primetime and being ready for the stage and the spotlight, even though he's only in class of 2024 recruit. Let me read this to you. He said, to be honest, my coaches and mentors have always instilled in me and my teammates to control what we can control and trust the process. I'm focused on doing well in school so I can actually get admitted to college down the road and getting better on the field with my guys on the team each week of our season I mean that's the kind of thing that you don't hear current uh current sophomores in college say so I was really blown away by him really uh good prospect here whose offer sheet is just going to continue to grow and grow Mike Yurzich with the stamp of approval on this one of course and you know 2024 is a long way away but and not everyone loves this fact, but you have to start laying the groundwork at some point and the foundation at some point, especially for these guys who, even though they're in your backyard, they're going to be national recruits. And he has national recruit written all over him. Penn State and Michigan are not the only two big-time Power Five conferences or player schools, rather, that's going to offer this player because there's there's a lot of things to like, even though it's so early in his career.
1: And one thing I'll add too is, you know, 2024 is far away, but uh, quarterback recruiting is always six months ahead of basically everybody else. You know, right. so um, you know, while it may seem like there's two years or so, uh, it's really more like uh, you know 12 to 16 months when uh, you know schools will start kind of putting pressure on him to decide, and especially when we expect him to get a a ton of big time offers. So uh, in a year from now, you know, he'll have a lot more visits under his belt. And I'd be surprised if he's committing uh, in, uh, in October, 2022, but uh, you know, in the spring that follows that, which as I'm learning every day with my kids, it time flies, man. So uh, he, he will probably be, um, I'm not going to say forced to make a move, but schools are going to be pushing hard for it. So it makes sense for Penn State to get get a you know get their foot on board. And uh, again, man, it's whenever you, whenever you're talking about elite quarterbacks, you can sometimes never offer too early.
0: The mailbag is lurking 30 minutes into this edition of the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Football and Recruiting Podcast. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. Don't forget, you can sign up for the Blue White Illustrated magazine. If you want to read us in a different format besides the web or hear from us somewhere other than wherever you get your podcast or youtube.com slash bluewhiteillustrated, sign up for the magazine today, bluewhiteonline.com. Call customer service, 800-421-7751. The Penn State issue for October is on newsstands now. It features Dwight Galt's Penn State football freaks list from Nate Bauer, exclusive recruiting content from Ryan, and much more. So visit us, bluewhiteonline.com, to find a newsstand near you or to subscribe. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. We're closing in on 5,000. You're going to want to be the lucky 5,000. Of course, you could be 5,001, 5,002, 4999. 9, 9. It's okay. <laughs> Just join us there, Blue White. Illustrated.com uh, and YouTube.com slash Blue White Illustrated. All right, Ryan, where are you going this week? Let's start there, and then you're going to go see some prospects, and then we're diving into the mailbag.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, there's two big games I think uh, you have to see in Central PA this week. Uh, Nick Singleton and Governor Mifflin taking on Exeter Township. Of course, Joey Schlaffler is, is the tight end who Penn State has offered there. And uh, we kind of have Joey circled with someone who wouldn't surprise us at all if he's making a commitment here in the next couple of months. Of course, he's Michael uh, Mennett's half-brother, so there's a lot of family ties there. And as we hit on before and really shortly after uh, he got the offer, it was – one of those things where if he lives in Virginia, Penn State probably offered six months ago. But because of the the close family ties and whatnot, you know, they wanted to make sure everything was in a row uh, because they knew that if they offered him, uh, there, there was a very good chance that he would uh, be jumping on board. So he's somebody to watch closely. Of course, Nick Singleton, uh, he's he's just crushing it this year. I'm, I'm really excited. That'll be my first time seeing Nick this year. Uh, so looking forward to that on Friday night. Governor Mifflin is just a, a train right now, man. I mean, they yeah. all. <laughs> all steam ahead to to the PIWA 5A state championship I don't want to jinx them but uh they are the clear favorite in, in that division. And uh, if all goes well, they, they should be getting back there this year. Uh, but then one other game just to, to hit on Saturday, uh, if you're not going out to Iowa and if you have a little bit of time to kill in the, in the Harrisburg area, uh, Makai Flowers and Central Dolphin East are taking on Harrisburg at 1 p.m. Uh, over at uh, Harrisburg's field. And, uh, you know, Harrisburg's always a very good squad. They, you know, they, they have a couple guys who will, who will play at some sort of level uh, at, in college football. And, of course, Makai Flowers is, is playing great you know, he has CD East at five and one right now, man. And, uh, Lance their new head coach, those guys are are playing some really good ball. They got a good win over common Valley this past weekend. I know McKay had at least one touchdown. I believe it was one interception. Uh, so what we're seeing so far from Mackay is he is just killing it defensively. I mean, he, he looks like a linebacker out there, uh, playing yeah. safety, man, just, just really, uh, reading plays well, playing aggressive. Uh, just, I, I've been really impressed with him so far. So, um, you know everything. Everything I've seen from him right now is, uh, you know, backing up his his high rating on Rivals. So looking forward to seeing him in person. I think those two games, if you if you live in Harrisburg or Reading area, Lancaster, wherever, uh, and you're looking for good games this weekend, uh, that, that's where you'll find me at least. You know, getting the opportunity to see, uh, you know, three potential uh, Penn State uh, prospects. I'll I'll always uh, take that opportunity.
0: All right, let's get into the mailbag as we hit the closing stretch of this week's episode. Ryan, I did have on here uh, if there's any update for Jay Sean Barham, but I'm kind of just going to blow through that because there's not. I know everyone wants to know, which is yeah. why we wanted to address it. But the long and the short of that answer is no.
1: Well, look, he went to South Carolina, so we can you know we know he he did take an official visit there. And, you know, I, I spoke with our colleagues down there in Columbia and, and, of course, South Carolina staff felt good about it. And then mm-hmm. I turn around and talk to the people I trust here and they feel good about it, too. I, I definitely get the vibe from talking to maybe some St. Francis people that he is leaning towards Penn State right now. And, and that, that's huge for Penn State for a variety of reasons. Of course, they need another linebacker. Uh, and, and um, you know, he's, he's been one of their top linebacker prospects for a really long time. So that all makes me feel good. What's kind of holding me back from making any kind of predictions or anything like that is just this um, I don't want to say rumor, but we know he's considering an official visit to Florida. And obviously, Florida is an excellent school. And, and, you know, Dan Mullen's a great recruiter. And and Jay Sean's always just been very quiet as well. So it's just, it's really difficult to get a read. I mean, I will, I confidently can say.
0: Well, we've lost Ryan there, so we'll try and get him back. But this is the blue white illustrated. Penn State football and recruiting podcast. Uh, we we are about thirty five minutes into this week's show. Uh, if you're looking for more Penn State football and recruiting news, you can visit us at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Ryan's going to have a lot of interviews with players who visited for both the uh, Indiana game and earlier games this year. Also, guys considering visiting later this year. Now we have Ryan back, so we're off and running. I don't All know, right, what happened there? Yeah, it's technology, man. We'll take it. We'll take it as it comes. Uh, I don't know how
1: much you got on bar on there. I'll just. I was just going to finish. Yep, we
0: got Yeah, yep, we did. Yep.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, it just like I said, Penn State feels good. South Carolina feels good. Uh, I, I lean a little bit towards Penn State. I just want to see if he takes that official visit to Florida. If he if he holds off on that, I feel pretty confident he's, he's leaning towards the Nittany Lions, but just I don't want to put a pick in now and then he ends up going to Florida and loving it and then, you know, everything changes.
0: Alright, let's get to... Actually, I'm going to add a mailbag question. If you don't know this, okay. you're going to be surprised. You're going to have to react on the fly. But first, we're going to get to the one that we had on our script. Who is the player in the class of 2022 that's committed to Penn State and has the most interesting film or most impressive film in your mind?
1: Okay. So this is a hard one. We debated this for a little while now. I mean, I, you can... you can. I think a lot of fans will point to Drew Alar, and of course he's crushing it. Uh, but I wanted to I really wanted to just point out this last game by Abdul Carter uh, against St. Joseph's Prep. Um, LaSalle, of course, went down there, got a a big win over Prep. And, um, dude, 17 tackles, what he racked up in this game, including two tackles for for loss. He crushed it. Uh, Just just everything. I mean, he was better in pass coverage, I thought. You know, he was excellent around the line of scrimmage. There was a lot of little things. Uh, that I didn't quite see in McDonough that I saw in in that highlight film. So uh, to me, if if you get the opportunity to check out Abdul Carter's highlights.
0: Uh, We would love to show it to you right now. It's just not cooperating with us. So, yeah, check that out. You do have (laughs) it linked on the uh, BWI.Rivals.com homepage. So it Mm -hmm. is there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I made sure to to highlight him this week. Uh, He he just was excellent, man. Uh, Like I said, 17.
0: Hey, look at that.
1: Uh, 17 tackles, uh, two tackles for loss. He had a, a really big uh, quarterback hurry in a pivotal moment of the game. But uh, I mean, you know, I, I was torn on on whether he's a linebacker or a defensive end. And you know, when I left that McDonough game, I was thinking, okay, yeah, this is you know, size wise and whatnot. He's got to he's got to put his hand in the ground. But man, when I watch these highlights, you know, th- there's a lot to like as far as uh, you know him, him reading the guards and uh, him reading just all the all the right reads really. So. I'm torn, man. I mean, I still, there's definitely still part of me who thinks physically he's going to outgrow uh, th- this position. But. I mean, man, play play a heck of a game like this against Saint Joseph's Prep. Oh, this was a nice play here. He reads it perfectly. Um, makes it makes a really nice tackle there. Um, was this his quarterback hurry? Yeah, this was a pretty big moment in the game too. That was a, that was a nice play. But yeah, I mean, you can watch I, that I, whole film, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, it's like three four minutes long. I had to cut it down to to you know to get all the the best plays in there. But uh, yeah. really impressed with what I saw from Abdul Carter specifically specifically this past week. I mean, if I had to make a pick for overall what I've seen most impressive, it's the guy I, I think you you were going to pick on this, pick.
0: That's right. Yeah, I mean, Nick Singleton, we just talked about him, and his highlights worked on first try. So we're getting somewhere here. But, hey. yeah, he is just so darn impressive. And he does it all, right? I mean, he runs away from guys. He hits holes impressively and immediately. You know, when you watch this play here – it was blocked pretty well, and the defense didn't play it all that well. In fact, it was pretty terrible. But at the same time, I mean, he did everything right. This one's a better example where he, he comes off that defender who was getting blocked just a little bit and then gets downfield, and that kid, poor kid just didn't have any chance to bring him down there near the goal line. But, I mean, his his yeah, he just runs over around people. He can do a little bit out of the backfield. I mean, there's not much he can't do, and he's putting up video game numbers. And we talked about this earlier in the year, Ryan when we were kind of filling out some of these shows with just talk about guys uh, and their game tape. But look, if you're a Penn State commit, and we had over 20, obviously, to pick from for this segment, and there's going to be folks who tell us we should pick somebody else, and please do, and tell us why. But, you know, when you these guys are Penn State commits. They should be putting up video game-like numbers. But it's one thing to do it, and it's another thing to do it the way Nick Singleton's doing it. And he is playing... A pretty good schedule and just running over everyone that comes into his his path at this point and just super impressive. And whenever we talk about Nick Singleton, it kind of feels like we're forgetting about Catron Allen, which is not what we're trying to do because that we guy don't have is any really good as more. well. Right?
1: Yeah, we just don't have any film. You know, he hasn't updated anything. Um, you know, we've seen one or two games on ESPN. Of course, he was excellent, but uh, there's just there's just not much out there. But yeah, we we know he's we know he's an excellent player too. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys I can. I could roll into. I mean, we there was some awesome highlights of Malik McNeil with a punt last week, and then uh, the guy takes the yeah. the punt back, and Malik just levels it. <laughs> I mean, not that it, <laughs> it says much about his potential, but I thought that was a, a fun highlight. But you know, Bo Perdue getting overlooked too, man. I mean, his highlights look excellent. Uh, that you know, Kate, Caden Saunders. You know that his school kind of has a shaky situation at quarterback, but man, he's playing Wildcat all the time, making all types of different plays. You know, Tyler Johnson's getting overlooked too. You know, he's up to his like, numbers are crazy. Yeah, just under 1,000 yards uh, receiving so far. He had 140 of those past week with two touchdowns. Uh, He's putting up – I mean, he had that one game where he almost had like 400 total yards of offense. So – uh, there, yep. There's a lot of guys to pick from, man. We, we could just keep kind of rolling through. But uh, to me, I really just wanted to highlight that game Abdul Carter had because it, it showed me something that I didn't quite see uh, in McDonough, just, just some of his reads and whatnot. And, I mean, Nick Singleton, I don't know how anybody can argue that his, his film isn't crazy impressive <laughs> yeah. this year. So Yeah,
0: there's no doubt about it. All right, bonus question, Ryan. This comes from Darren Rovell of the Action Network. Husband asked wife if he should cash out a 10-leg parlay with one leg to go and take home $45,200. Yes. She yes. tells him to let it ride. The Chargers cover, and the husband wins, and the wife too, obviously, $126,000. Question one, are you asking your wife for advice on this? And question two, are you cashing it out, or are you letting it roll?
1: I'll be honest, actually, if it was forty-two thousand, yeah, I, I would probably <laughs> say something, just because I need bragging points for all the times I I didn't cash out forty-two thousand. W- but would you uh,
0: say it? Be- would you ask the question about cashing it out, or would you cash it out and then get the bragging points? That's where mm, I'm at at this point.
1: Actually, that's a good point. I might uh, do the second. To be honest, <laughs> I don't know. That's a good one, man. I don't uh, I don't ever get uh, into the thousands uh, with any of my wages. I wish I- <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it means I would have uh, way more money than I do now, but. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I maybe I'd probably do the second. I'd cash it out and then just let her know. But uh, to me, I'm always like I'm always taking safe bets with that stuff. But uh, good for that guy, man. Taking, uh, you know, taking the taking the risk. Uh, I had a similar situation. I, I don't want to go long, but we had uh, Mississippi State, Kansas State, and the Patriots the other night. And you know, that's only a three leg parlay, but it was, you know, it, it was a good little bit of money on it and I was, I was a little worried about it but when I saw it was raining got a little more confident let it ride and uh Patriots saved my weekend uh we'll talk good. about best bets a little more on Friday but yeah sounds good
0: all right well that had nothing to do with recruiting but the 44 minutes and 30 seconds before us certainly did so thanks for <laughs> tuning in it's been another edition of the Blue White Illustrated Football uh, and Recruiting Penn State Podcast he's Ryan Snyder I'm Greg Pickle please remember visit us youtube.com slash Blue White Illustrated hit that subscribe button hit the Bell so you get the latest updates when T. Frank or us or Nate and David post a video. Don't forget to subscribe. We'd love to get over 5,000 subscribers prior to Penn State, Iowa. And you can also leave us a review, rate, subscribe wherever you get your podcast audio. And we will be back next week talking more Penn State football and recruiting. See you next time. One more thing. One
1: more thing. 20. 20 PSU Manscaped, baby. Hit the That's promo right, code. yes. Let's yes, go. use the
0: promo code. Don't forget about the free shipping. I think that has as much value as anything. But, yeah, visit them. Yeah. Thank you, them, for uh, sponsoring this, uh, this edition of the Blue Way Illustrated Penn State Football and Recruiting Podcast. And we will see you next time. Take
1: care.